And um, over these next few weeks, we're going to be doing uh, a, a new series that we really feel compelled to bring to uh, HT at this time. And you're going to be hearing more and more about that as it unfolds over the coming weeks. But it's going to be uh, primarily focused on uh, the gospel of John and chapter 15, uh, where, where Jesus speaks about being the vine. So we're going to read uh, uh, some scripture right now uh, with uh, the context of what we want to journey through. Jesus is the vine, and it's all about being connected to him. So we're going to read from John chapter 15. If you've got a Bible, you know, great, turn to it. If not, then we're going to have it on screen, uh, and we're going to read that to you right now. So John chapter 15 uh, and uh, verses 1 through to 11. And this is what it says. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. These are fantastic words that Jesus uh, spoke uh, and as I said, in the coming seasons, we want to journey through this particular chapter of, of John chapter 15. And I would really encourage you over the coming weeks to, to, to focus on John and read John, particularly John 15, and maybe read it a few times as we seek to listen and as we seek to tune our ears, as it were, to maybe what the Spirit of God wants to say to us over these coming weeks when we look at John chapter 15, Jesus again is being very specific and he's using what we call an allegorical picture. Jesus is saying, I am the vine. And first, we, we have to understand that Jesus is using that I am statement. And a few months ago, we concluded a, a series that we did about the I am's of Christ. Because when he used the term I am, he's denoting himself as deity. He's saying that he is God. And Jesus is claiming to be God here, but also claiming to be not just a vine, but the true vine. And so that's the first thing we see here, that this is an important statement because it's been made by Jesus, who is claiming to be God. And the second part 
that we want to see here in, in verse 1 when Jesus says, I am the vine, is that staying connected to him is critical. It's really important that we stay connected, not just for life, but also for fruitfulness, for joy, and for long-term purpose. We see that Jesus talks about being the vine and we are the branches. Unless we are connected, then obviously we're not going to be bearing the fruit. We're not going to be enjoying the life that he wants to give to each one of us. Jesus is the vine. He is the source. He's the foundation of all things at all times to those who are connected to him. And that's really, really important, especially when we go through challenging times and tough times. Everything we are or can be is because of our connection to Christ. We are the branches, but without that daily connection with him, the vine, there is no lasting fruit. And I would want to say, even at the very beginning, how is your connection with the vine this morning? Now, a few short hours uh, just before, uh, you know, his impending death, Jesus spoke these words about being the true vine. And just a little, little bit later, he speaks in the Last Supper. He, 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 he begins to gather the disciples for that Last Supper. This is just a few hours just after he speaks about being the vine. And it's at that Last Supper that he's represented by wine that Jesus begins to show that he's not just an allegorical figure, but he actually is the true vine because there's a physical representation of the wine of his blood in that sense. When Jesus gave himself, when he sacrificed himself, as he gathers in that last supper, he's asking his disciples to remember him. And he asks them to take the, the vine, as it were, of his blood. And so we see that there is something really practical, physical that Jesus does. Uh, and he is that vine for you and I, and he gives us that life. And we are the fruit of that vine. You and I are the ones who partake in what Jesus has already done. And over the centuries, we clearly see how that vine that Jesus started many centuries ago uh, has grown exponentially uh, in, in, in fruit in so many places all over the world. I just want to show you a couple of pictures that are, are really kind of uh, really important to me and precious to me in so many ways. And they're going to come up on the screen. And you'll see a, a, few, a, a few folk there. One of them is a man called Dorje and Sonam. Uh, and uh, this is me with Dorje uh, just before his baptism. Uh, it's a fantastic moment because we'd worked for many years with this particular guy. Uh, and you'll see another uh, slide with another guy with him, which is so Sonam uh, uh, and also uh, 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 Dorje together. Uh, and this is an amazing moment. And the next one, you'll see Dorje being baptized. Now, what's so specifically important about this is that these two guys were the first uh, men in their village ever to uh, become Christians. They became followers of Christ. And we'd done many projects in the village far far uh, up in the, the Himalayas, north uh, of the Tibetan border. Uh, and they were the first in their village. And it's amazing how the vine that Jesus started, you know, all those years ago with the disciples continues to bear fruit. And you and I, if we are followers of Christ this morning, are the ones who have received the benefit of that physical vine. 
And so your connection and my connection to the vine is of utmost importance today because the vine is designed to bear fruit. That's the purpose of the vine. And in the reality of life, when we approach crossroads in our journey, when we have to navigate through disappointments, when our faith is shaken and it's tested in times of lockdown and pandemic, like we find ourselves even in these current days, it is vital that we stay connected. So how is your connection this morning to the vine? Connection to the vine will not only see us through, we're not just hanging on, but actually connection to the vine, even in challenging days, gives us the potential to bear fruit. And we can bear fruit in many creative ways. As we've already stated, those acts of random kindness are really so important as they are the overflow of what Jesus would do if he were here. That reaching out, that vine, being the hands of Christ, being the feet of Christ, being the voice of encouragement to those around us. It's really important that we stay connected. That's where we find our enthusiasm. That's where we find our hope because when we're connected to him, we are the carriers of that hope and enthusiasm because we are connected to the vine who is Christ. Now, this particular moment in John 15 is a few days before the death of Jesus. Uh, and, and it would be one of the last opportunities that Jesus would get to speak to disciples all together. So this is a fairly important moment as they're all gathering to listen to Jesus speak. In the next few days, they, 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 it, would, it really would be the most um, dramatic uh, unfolding of the story of the, the journey of Christ. But it would be the most disappointing time and the most challenging time that the disciples would have ever had. It was a real moment because in, those, in these next few hours, direct after Jesus is saying that he is the vine, Jesus would be arrested. And they would desert him. The disciples would deny him. They would run away from him. And they would be hiding in a safe house full of fear. Dreams were crushed and disappointment was rife as they were cowering down in their safe room running away from Jesus. It was not a good moment. It was not a good season for the disciples. And yet... And it's a really important, and yet, we hear Jesus talking in John 15, just a few hours before, about how these same disciples would be being fruitful. He talks about them branching out. He talks about them having joy that would be full and overflowing. Jesus speaks of abundance at a time of disappointment. He speaks of abundance at a time of immense anxiety to the disciples. He speaks of abundance in a time of failure and crushed dreams and brokenness. Perhaps we find ourselves in a similar place this morning. Well, it seems highly improbable in this season, at this moment, with the disciples in a not so good emotional, mental, and spiritual state, that any of what Jesus was saying was likely to happen. How could they be fruitful in this season? How could they branch out 
in this season? How on earth could they have fullness of joy as they were sat cowering in that room having denied Jesus? I'm not sure that fruitfulness or branching out or joy were the kind of words that the disciples were thinking about in the midst of their most challenging time. You see, at this precise moment, the disciples had lost connection. They'd lost connection with the source. Their connection with the vine seems to have withered and circumstances had crowded them out. Their foundations had been rattled, and there are many whose foundations in these days have been rattled. Doubt and fear overshadowed them. They had lost their confidence. Their trust had evaporated. Circumstances had robbed them of their purpose and their joy. And at this moment, they were not even running to Jesus. They were running from Jesus. Faith, it seems, was ebbing away. It's a crisis point. And I think as the disciples, having run away from Jesus, were sitting nervously in their safe house, house, some of them were actually thinking to themselves, why can't things return to the way that they were? Why has this happened to us? Things were going so well. What is God doing? They were full of optimism just a few hours before, but now all of that had disappeared as they entered into what seemed to be a dark season. See, in many ways, the disciples were not in the frame of mind, nor the spiritual condition to even remember what Jesus said about being the vine, let alone put it into practice. It's a rough time for the disciples. In John 15, Jesus was speaking of a time to come. He knew what was going to take place. He's God. And so Jesus is speaking of a time to come. You could almost call it prophetic. This moment of epic challenge for the disciples would pass. But the disciples in the midst of their turmoil, were were unable to see this at the time. All they could see was what was in front of them, whereas God always sees the bigger picture. At the right time, which does not always mean the right time for you and I, this would become a reality. Fruitfulness would be born. Joy would overflow There was a man called William Still who once said, time is not God's master. Time is God's servant. And it's God's timing that is perfect for each and every one of us. When we do not know what is happening, indeed, why it's happening, God unfolds his plan and purpose at the right time. 1 John chapter 3 tells us in verse 20, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. 
God is not limited by time. God is outside of time, and time is his servant. And in the fullness of time, God's plans are always fulfilled in our lives, in your life, wherever we are. The most stunning part is that despite the disciples' really impressive list of failures during this time of dark challenge, Jesus, the true vine, could see both above and beyond. He could see above and beyond in the terms of his plans and purposes, but he could also see above and beyond in terms of their frailties and their weaknesses. He loved the disciples. He had a plan for the disciples. And nothing would stop that plan from being unfolded. And that's an encouraging thought this morning. It really, really is. I'm sure like you, I also have gone through many times when I've asked myself, Lord, it just doesn't seem right. The time doesn't seem right. What are you doing here, Lord? Why are you doing this to me? So it seems. And yet in the fullness of time, the element of trusting and knowing that God is the master of time gives us the confidence to know that in accordance to his plans and purposes, he will fulfill all that he desires in and through our lives in his timing. And during this time of challenge and dark, Jesus would navigate them through to a new season. Why? Because he saw and prophetically looked ahead and knew that this was going to be the case. He knows the plans he has for the church. The church has never been closed, even in this season. The church is open for business. Why? Because you and I are the church. We are his hands and feet. We speak the words. We give hope to those around us. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We are the distributors of hope. That's who we are by nature. And even though buildings may not be open and we may not corporately meet and we miss that, the call to live a life of worship encapsulates only 2% of that time being in a building. The rest of it is lived out, born out amongst those in our world who need to hear, who need to be encouraged, who need uh, that companionship of those coming alongside them to give them fresh hope. And that is you and I, even in the midst of the challenges that we face. Jesus saw ahead, and we also as the church need to see ahead in the months to come, prophetically believing that God has a plan that will not be thwarted, because the Bible says of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And that, again, gives us great confidence today. The vine is the source and the foundation, and all that we are, all that we are, and all that we can be comes because of our connection to the vine. And if we fail to grasp that this morning afresh, then we will slowly and eventually wither away. There are many who I know whose lives are withering away because 
of lack of discipline. It could be all kinds of things like circumstances, all kinds of things in our lives that just draw us and we're withering. The Apostle Paul writes in Galatians 5 verse 7 to a group of believers whose connection to the vine was waning. And he says to them these amazing words, you were running superbly, but who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course? It was all going so well, but we allowed something to draw us away and we began to wither. You were running superbly. Can you look back in your own life and, uh, you know, uh, get back to that moment when you knew that you were running so well? I, I, I certainly remember uh, as a young person, you know, the, the, the zeal and the excitement of just knowing Jesus. And there isn't really a month goes by when I say, Lord, just restore to me that joy. Don't let me lose those things because things have a habit of withering away. You know, where that vine connection becomes a little bit more tenuous. And so, Lord, we say, Lord, we want, Lord, no blockages. We want the vine of who you are to be manifest in and through our lives day by day, more and more. And would you do that again? I would say again, how is your connection and our connection to the vine today? Our lives this morning are exclusively connected to the vine which is Christ in us. That's the hope. I look at the disciples in John 15 with eyes not of condemnation, but with empathy. Because in honesty, I probably would have responded in the same way that they did. Probably would have done a runner. I probably would have let things get on top of me. I'd have looked at Jesus being arrested and say, well, that's it. That's the end. And sometimes life can be like that. But Jesus sees beyond. And that's our hope today. That's the vine in action. He sees what we do not see. He sees Dorje and Sonam there in a Nepali village 2,000 years from now, from when Jesus first said these words. And he sees the fruit that he planned because his timing is perfect. And he knows. So this morning, I would point us to Christ once again. How could I not? He is the source. He is the true vine. He is the foundation of our faith and of our lives. And as we journey through John chapter 15 over the coming weeks, we'll see how we are called to bear fruit, that our branches are so important in our, in our city and in, in our town, because we are the plan of God with others to, to, to touch this in ways that we don't even know yet. But his desire is for expansion. His desire is for fruitfulness that we do know. So we point you to Christ this morning. He is the source and the foundation. And I would say, even prophetically, he tells us that our connection to him will in time bear fruit, already has borne fruit, but will bear much fruit in the season to come. So in conclusion, I just want to just draw you to different ways in which you can stay connected to God. And they're very simple ways. They're tried and tested ways. But they're an encouragement for each of us to really be 
focused and conscientious about that connection with him. Where are you? You remember David saying, you know, um, restore to me what I'd lost. He'd withered in his joy. It's an opportunity for us to reconnect with the vine, with the source. How is your connection? Well, that encouragement is to connect through his word. Uh, I, I use a Bible app by Nikki Gumbel. I, you know, try to listen to it every day. Uh, and it's great. It's an alpha app, just a really good way to listen to the, the, the word of God being read to you. It's not even hard these days. People read it to you. So I encourage you through his word is how we connect with God through prayer. You know, maybe it's good to connect physically together before maybe, you know, we're launching out by ourselves. It's always great to pray, but sometimes we need the encouragement if we've withered to come back and join with others. And every Sunday night, we as a church meet together at 7 p.m. on Zoom. Let me encourage you to join us to restore that passion to connect with God in prayer, in reading his words. Through small groups coming together, you know, uh, even on Zoom is really important. You don't need to be isolated. No need to be isolated. That's an encouragement to press in and to press on to all that God has. You also heard there the Alpha Course. What a great place to refresh and to renew our walks with God. We really encourage you to join with us uh, on the Alpha Course that starts just in the next couple of weeks in February. What a great way to connect. And also so many things on the HT website where you can have so many opportunities for encountering and coming alongside. We would really want you to connect there also. So connection is really, really key. We're connected to the vine. We're connected to Christ. Our spiritual life cannot exist without that relationship. And Jesus expresses his love for our world through the branches, through you and I. And so we have a part to play in the great calling that God has placed upon our lives. He is the vine. He is the true vine. Jesus says, I am your vine. Let's be connected to him right now. Lord, just allow now your Holy Spirit to reconnect us to Christ. Would you come, Holy Spirit, and allow us just to uh, respond afresh in our hearts and in our thinking and in the way that we are doing life, to connect with you in a new way today. Would you now come and do that work in us that needs to be done? We invite you to do that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Again, if you want to connect and you want to you know, join with us uh, uh, with regards to uh, sharing your thoughts and on, uh, on Messenger, we'd always love to hear from you. If you need uh, to speak to someone any time, then please do just come and connect with us. But we're going to conclude uh, now by singing one final song uh, of worship. We're going to give thanks to God. It's great that you've joined us today. It's great that we're now also live uh, on YouTube. Hopefully over the coming days and weeks, you'll see that that's going to be more of a tool as well that we're looking to use. But it's great to have seen you today. Uh, let's just sing this one final song of worship and then we'll pray and we'll commit our day to the Lord. So let's worship the Lord with this last final song.